This week on Casa de Confidence, we have Nikki Espinoza. Build a career full of purpose and impact. Julie sits down with an amazing leadership and career coach for ambitious women. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I'm a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are a supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Julie. Happy house. It's a tidy house. It is a very, uh, very happy house. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I cleaned the carpets. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, was steam cleaning the carpets cause we have dogs and we got to do that. I know. And we cleaned under the sink and realized that we had not one, not two, not four, but five bottles of pet stain remover. <laughs> That's what happens when you, you have a little clutter and, You just Uh, buy stuff because you can't find it. I hate clutter. I really do. And I want to declutter everything. Mm -hmm. But I'm also attached to shit. Like, I don't know. You know? Mm. I need help. I need help. Maybe I should ask the organized flamingo to help me. (laughs) Stephanie. (laughs) No, you know what? Stephanie, send help. I think I have a good concept of how to declutter. Mm. I just get in my own way because I attach meaning to things. And you know how Marie Kondo says, you know, if it brings you joy, keep it. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, just thank it for being in your life. But I'm not and ready to go. break up with shit. <laughs> I think I'm less attached to things than you. You are less attached to things, but sometimes you're mm-hmm. the opposite of me. When? In so many different ways, Daniel. Well, I'm opposite of you in a lot of ways, yes. Okay, I've got to tell you, like, for instance, like, if there is clutter, like, for me, I see it, and it drives me crazy, and it, like, paralyzes me. You focus on it. I blur it out. Yes, that's exactly it. It becomes part of the It's part of the background noise. It's part of the background noise for you where I'm like, oh, my God, there it is. There it is. I need to clean that. I need to clean that. And I have to focus on it because Mm -hmm. I'm a hyperachiever. You know, that's one of my saboteurs. Mm -hmm. One of my saboteurs. If you haven't heard me talking about this uh, positive intelligence stuff, it is part of the course that I got my uh, yellow belt on Mm. that I'm going through my next certification on. But you're mental fitness. A, you're not wearing a belt. No, I don't like belts. No. Oh, okay. But it's, you know, it's part of mental fitness. And I didn't realize how mental fitness can create such a large impact for us. And for those people who don't know what mental fitness is, it is the, our capacity to respond to life's challenges in a positive rather than a negative mindset. And mm-hmm. so, for instance, Okay, are you following me or are you just agreeing? I'm listening. 
seems like you're distracted by I'm your just coffee. thinking about a, a muscly brain like the ideal vision okay. of a of, of a of a of a fit brain and all the swole wrinkles and folds and okay this is how this works right so <laughs> if i asked you to climb mm. let's say a 10 story building on the stairs on the stairs okay okay like go up the stairs of a 10 story building right how would you do i i'd get there but it would be a little you know, I be, might be a little winded by the time I got to the top. Oh, my God. By the second floor, I would be like, oh, <gasps> oh, and I would be like, it would take me forever because mm-hmm. I'd be stopping forever. And that's what happens. That is what mental fitness is, right? Like, think of the challenges of life being a 10-story building or higher mm. and how when we are not fit, we don't have a spring in our step. It's and not it's, a big it's, thing. It's not just not having a spring in your step. It's being prepared for those moments in life where you need your body to be fit. Oh, yeah, for sure. You and know, there are those moments where you, you need to, maybe you need to run to help somebody. Maybe something like that happens. And it's the same thing with your mind. Well, if, you need to have peak performance. You need to have peace of mind and wellness and healthy relationships. And when our hmm. mindset is not positive, right? When, hmm. you know, we have interactions in our relationships, also challenges and things like, you know, COVID, for instance, or the gas prices for that matter. Hmm. Those are things that really affect us. And the reason why I've, become so passionate about this is because as a business and life strategy coach, I can help women. Sure. I can teach them how to run their business, create an email list, how to create offers, Mm. how to be able to um, attract clients, how to grow um, and influence and make money monthly. But if they don't have the mental fitness to handle the challenges of being an entrepreneur, if they don't know how to create the right habits, and this is why I incorporate tiny habits, then it doesn't matter what they know how to do because they're not going to implement it because their mind is going to then bring them down. It's going to then sabotage them. And this is so super crucial Mm. to being an entrepreneur is having that positive mindset where you are performing at peak where you are feeling you just centered where the relationships that you have are you know healthy not not destroying you or taxing you or Mm. everything anyhow it's kind of like a you have a plan to go to the gym and you draw out that plan and you have the whole thing your workouts it's diagrammed and this is what i'm going to do i'm going to attack it you have that plan but you don't prepare your mind for it and that you'll be doomed to fail if you don't prepare your mind it's hard to enact that plan and stick to that plan so yeah you you need to to do that i'm thinking about what you said Mm -hmm. say that again say it again yeah A plan without passion and a plan without your mind being prepared to carry it out is doomed to fail. Yeah, but a lot of people overthink it, you know, and and the Mm. thing is our brain is 
is prone to being negative. We're going to have 80% of our thoughts in a day are going to be negative because that's just what our brain does. Our brain is yeah. in that form of protection. This is how we survived as a species overall. Right. Hey, by the way. Am I, was, I, was I correct or was I? I you you were, you? but I think that, you know, hmm. when you, so yes, and this is a thing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to prepare my brain to go to the gym so I'm in the right mindset. Hmm. But mostly if you haven't been going to the gym, hmm. right? then your brain is going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to sweat. Oh, I'm probably not going to find parking. So you got to find and a way to create that habit to get fit so you can. What you, mm. you can't focus on the big thing because motivation, as we have learned uh, through tiny habits, oh. escapes you. It just came to me. Okay. But the, Small, the mental. incremental. Yes. But change. the mental. Okay fitness part of like getting ready mentally to go to the gym would be mm. like, Oh, it's a, my mind is telling me it's going to be hard, but that's okay. Mm. And then just in, in, oh, incrementing, implementing <laughs> some of the <laughs> techniques from mental fitness. And this gotcha. is a little bit of what I've learned when you face the challenges in life is mm. not about like forgetting about them or, you know, not noticing that you have negative emotions. So think about a negative emotion is sort of like putting your hand on a hot burner. Okay. Okay. You wouldn't keep your hand on the hot burner, right? The negative How emotion. Hot is it? It's very hot. Oh, okay. It's very hot. Then it's you're like, correct. I would. I would you would. You would not. You would remove it, and that's what a negative emotion tells you. It, it's that that prompt to say. Get away from there. It's bad, right? Mm -hmm. uh, pain is good just to and to warn you, but you know your your ability to deal with it, to devil to a negative emotion when you dwell on it becomes a saboteur. Mm. If you're dwelling on the negative, if you're dwelling on this is terrible. Well, if you do leave your hand. On the hot surface, mm -hmm. then dwelling on it would be a good thing. So yeah, you eventually terrible. remove Oh, it. I just got this mind movie. Oh, oh sorry, it. sorry, sorry. Thank you, Daniel. Yes. Anyhow, Pain is there for a reason. By the way, do you feel that in your job you have stress or burnout? No. Can I take it through a little quiz? Okay. Okay. So do you feel you're over-engaged in your job? No. Okay. So you're engaged. I'm engaged. Perfect. Okay. How about um, do you feel that you have overreactive emotions? At work. Or blunted emotions. No, that only happens at home. Oh, really? <laughs> Jeez. Are you burnt out in this marriage, in this life? Oh, my gosh. Wow. No. See where my brain goes immediately? That's my saboteur so, immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes I have overreacted. Uh, over, yes, yes, uh, at work. Okay, what about depleted energy, physical energy, or depleted motivation, drive, ideals, and hope? Hmm. I'm probably the most motivated at work. You're, you're not motivated at home? Well, I have a, a... It's work. Home is work? No, work is work. I'm motivated when I have a mission and a plan so and I have to implement that. Yes. I'm going to have to give you a mission and a plan at home then. Damn it. This is a trap. It is not a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. 
walk away from the quiz. No, listen, I was li- I was reading something about the, the difference between got, stress and burnout. Do you have more questions? Well, they're not. Okay, what about um, do you um, stress may kill you prematurely and you won't have enough time to finish what you started? Burnout may never kill you, but your life may not seem worth living if you're burnt out. Did you know that? Mm. I don't know. I'm just reading the difference between so stress, stress and burnout. Stress, um, you still have the motivation when you're stressed. But once you reach burnout, then that motivation's gone, and you'd rather just not be doing it anymore. Right. And you have emotional health problems. It, no, emotional health problems show up in burnout. Mm. And under stress, you have physical health problems. Um, but over-engagement means that you're stressed. When you're disengaged at work that's or in anything, that's burnout. And over-reactive emotions that are is stress, mm-hmm. but blunted emotions where you're just like, oh, F that, right? Mm. That's kind of like a burnout. And, right. you know, the, the thing is we all have this burnout capacity, and it's this is why, again, uh, mental fitness is so important, but... Um, by the way, what are we doing later? Um, we are going to the movies. Oh, we're going to go see my boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Julie likes Thor. Hey, by the way, how many boyfriends do I have? I was trying to tell Amelia this the other day. You have uh, at least three. Okay. Can you name my boyfriends? You, the Thor. Thor is one of them. Yes, I, that's correct. I'm not sure why. Um, her <laughs> ultimate boyfriend is... Bon Jovi. That's correct. That's my other boyfriend. And there's, I uh, can't say it. What? It's funny because you were never an intern, were you? <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're giving up my deep seated secrets. <laughs> yes. Okay, go ahead. He's not my boyfriend. He's just deep admiration. I remember the first time we're talking about this person. She goes, How "Oh, old I got were we? I got to meet him and he has the softest hands." Oh my god. <gasps> I can't believe you're giving my secrets, husband. Okay, Bill Clinton. Yeah, okay. I just have admiration for him. Mm. Oh, but by the way, not for nothing, President Obama is 60 and I just saw new photos of him and I was like, "Damn." Mm-hmm. Julie, you're almost 60. Screw you. And you know what? I look at you and I go, damn. Wow, Julie. <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, what's your other boyfriend? Uh, Jimmy Buffett? No, Jimmy Buffett is 75. He's, he's like your grandpa. He's like my grandpa. By the way, Jimmy Buffett and Jesus have the same birthday. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Well, we celebrate. Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it's my favorite Christmas Day post. Don't you have at another, me, people. Do you, okay? have another, you have another boyfriend? No, I think Jimmy I think Jimmy Buffett and uh, his uh, grandpa. Yeah, about, Bon Jovi and Thor. How about Daniel Collins? Daniel Collins is my lover. <laughs> <laughs> and he is my hashtag handsome hot husband. <laughs> That again. That again. Anyway. Hey, listen. I told somebody. Uh, wait a minute. I told Nikki, not Nikki, Nelly. Nelly. Yes, I interviewed her for the radio show this week. By the way, did you know I have a new radio show? People. That's right. 
It is in the 360 Women Talk Radio on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. But Nikki Curvo. Got that in nice. Good job. Uh, thank, thank you. Uh, Nikki Curvo is uh, an amazing individual that I interviewed for the radio show. And her mm-hmm. husband, we were talking, and I said, you know, um, I think your husband belongs in the hashtag handsome hot husband club. <laughs> and I'm going to start this club on be- on your behalf. That's funny. You know, because there's a lot of incredible husbands out there supporting wives. Mm-hmm. And a woman can't do it all without support. Mm. We can't. We can't. And speaking of doing it all. And, I mean, nobody nobody can do it all without support. No, no matter what your support, you know, group, people, person yes. is, it's, it's important to have that support. And, you know, I'm happy to support you in this endeavor. You support me on a lot of endeavors, especially yes, when I, I know. Oh my God. Don't make it sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Love it all. Love it all. Um, so Nikki Espinosa, who I was on her podcast, um, which is the girlfriend's guide to CEO. Um, super cool show, mm-hmm. but more importantly, um, her platform is she is helping women uh, she does leadership and career coaching for ambitious women. Mm. And the one thing she says that all of a sudden blew me away is that your career is important. Absolutely. You got to make a living. But why just make a living? Create a career. And then she says, make it count. Mm. Because a lot of people, and and I think that at one point I might have been burnt out in my career. It's been over 15 years, I think since that happened but i you know if you are just going from vacation to vacation and you hate going to work then you need to figure something else out because that's Mm. not the way we should live life we should wake up in the morning and be like oh my god i get to do this not like oh i have to go to work Mm. so nikki helps women with that and you know it's it's hard because sometimes we pretend things don't bother us or we pretend that you know we're not ambitious and i see this in a lot of women because you are afraid of what people are going to think of you if you're ambitious and let me tell you i have been ambitious my whole life and no apology unapologetically about that because i want to become better at every single thing that i do and it's frustrating for me at times but i want you to know that your dreams are out there And there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. And even if you don't want to dream big, even if you are satisfied or you are okay not being, um, you know, the manager in a department or you are not uh, ready to be the leader of in a company, you should be happy and content and fulfilled with what you are doing. And you shouldn't be living your life with lacking energy or lacking the um, enthusiasm Every day. Life is too short. You know, I I was being carted off in an ambulance to the hospital about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And I realized that every day is such a, I mean, I knew this before, but it drove the point home more that every day is a gift. Mm. So I I love everything that Nikki is doing on behalf of women. Am I boring you here? Mm. (laughs) Why would you say that? I'm listening intently. You're listening intently, but it kind of looked like. No. It's just Were like, you looking at the dog? Is that what it is? Yeah, it was. It was being weird. 
Oh my so. gosh, we have three dogs sleeping here in the studio right now. <laughs> so, uh, just an update on their new addition, Junior. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a little chunky. We gave him a haircut this week. Yeah, we gave him a haircut. <laughs> he had a lot of hair. He had a lot of hair. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. And so then, he's he's a little better. I think he was getting a little overheated. Yeah, he was getting a little. Shade. He was overly hot. Yeah. Um, by the way, Nikki also has a book, and I have to tell you, I mm. um, just added it to my Kindle. Mm. Can't wait to read it. It is, and I love her cover. Dan, look at her cover. Where is it? Right here on my screen. Oh, on your screen? Yeah. It's funny. No Uh, apology needed. No apology needed. And it's a nicely manicured nail in one hand and only one finger. Yes. Uh, Well, I'm interested to hear the interview. She's so cool. By the way, she shares a very personal story at the beginning of her book, um, which is very touching. And I I want people to please make sure that you connect with Nikki and that you follow her and all the socials, everything in the the show notes. Mm -hmm. And people, please. Leave us a review. Uh, we would be honored if you leave us a review. This is what helps other people find the show. And we have some incredible women and cool dudes who have shared their time. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that their message and motivation and inspiration is out there for the world. So All without right. further ado. Nikki Espinosa. Hi, everybody. This is Julie. I have a, an amazing guest with me today. I met her because she is also a podcaster and Wow, what an incredible story she has. And I thought, you know, she's got to come share it in the podcast. So Nikki Espinosa, thank you so much for coming to Casa de Confidence. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Well, I'm a leadership coach and uh, I work with women who are kind of sick of settling in their career. And um, I have kind of a story that I was that woman, right? I was that woman climbing the ladder and I'm in, I mean, I'm approaching 50 now. We're approaching a big, a big one here mm. in a little bit. And what happened for me is that I was a healthcare executive for 14 years. Before that, I was in corporate. I was senior level and executive level roles in corporate for like 12 years. So, you know, do the math, lots of, lots of years. And I hit, um, I, now it's been that many years, but I remember hitting about my 40th birthday and going, this is a lot. (laughs) And I was approaching burnout. I really Mm. was very, wasn't very happy. I I liked my career. I liked what I was doing in general. And I liked climbing the ladder, but I just could not see myself. I remember thinking I've got 20 more years to work (laughs) at Mm. least at that time. You know, I'm like, even if I was retired at 60, I have 20 more years to work. And that the thought of that, just like, it was filled me with depression and despair. Like I just, I could not, I didn't see myself continuing at that pace. Um, And then some things happened with my family. Um, My my kids were young, young, younger teenagers at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And my son, he was suffering with, from depression himself. You know, he Mm. was, even at times he was suicidal and I needed to be there for him, right? I had a daughter too. She was heading off to college soon at that time. And she was dealing with her own things. Um, and I kind of looked around and went, okay, my marriage isn't really great either. We've been married now over 26 years. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, but this was a rocky patch back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And 
I remember just thinking I've got a lot, a lot of time to work and how do, how do, how do women do this? Like, I remember just thinking like, how do, how do they do this? Mm. And these ambitions of C-suite and running my own company and doing these things. And I was on paper looked really successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, at that point I was um, advising at the C-suite of a billion dollar piece of business in healthcare. It was a laboratory wow. business. And I loved the executive team that I worked with. But I'm just thinking, I, this, is, this is a lot to deal with, and how do women do this? And so I kind of went on this, embarked on this personal journey for myself, um, and I give my son a lot of credit for that, because, you know, as hard as things were, he went through such a hard time at that time, too, mm-hmm. personally himself, and he taught me, like, life is too short. Like, whatever yeah. you're doing, let's just do what you want to be doing, and, and so I started read all the books, right? I read all the books. I did all the leadership classes. I, you know, I soaked up conferences. Um, I'm a bit of a a junkie on YouTube motivational videos. Oh, me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I I swear a few of them I've watched a million times and, um, and I just soaked it all up. And what I discovered is that I was trying really hard to be somebody else and not really, you know, this, this pressure to prove yourself, especially as a woman leader, I think there, there were, there was evidence all the way around me. Mm -hmm. I thought there was anyway, that was telling me you have to be a certain way. You have to, you know, be polished and don't ever make a mistake. And I was putting all this pressure on myself. Um, it was just not true to my authenticity. This totally resonates with me. And and it's so funny because I see a lot of myself in the story and I, I know that that is the misconception we all have, that this is what it's supposed to look like. And because we don't feel good doing it, we're wrong for it, or there's something wrong with us and we're broken. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm from the Midwest and I kind of blame it on Midwest work ethic a little bit, but it's (laughs) probably true of any woman who's really ambitious, but you know, I was taught you work hard and you're successful, right? And so when I was in that space where I'm feeling like I'm running all the time, I mean, it was not uncommon to get to three o'clock in the afternoon and have forgotten to eat, you know, (laughs) or, you you know, you get to the end of your day and there was no potty break, right? Like this is, this was was my life. And um, I remember just sitting there and, and just feeling like this wasn't the way it was supposed to be, but I could hear my dad in my ear, like, just keep working hard, you know, put your head down and work harder, you know? And, um, you know, love him, (laughs) but I learned that that was really the opposite of what I actually needed to do. I needed to step back and I need to go inward and really assess why I'm doing the things I'm doing, what I'm really doing, creating those boundaries, creating more balance in my life, um, and really getting more confident and clear about who I was as a leader that also helped me figure out who I was more as a mom and as a wife and as a friend. I mean, it's amazing. I say that this is a very personal thing. I'm a professional development coach and it's personal. We're going to talk about uh, really how to develop you personally. So you have that kind of strong resolve. Mm -hmm. Um, But this kind of this concept of put your head down and hustle and do the work um, that you're going to work hard. But that does, that's adding to a lot of women's pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can just step back and realize you're going to work hard and you need to work hard in the right kinds of things that yeah. are going to serve you. Absolutely. I think you need to move the right levers, right? In, in, yes. in this 
uh, endeavor. And and I want to unpack a lot of what you said because sure. there's a lot here. Number one, how is your son doing today? He's fantastic. Thank you for asking. Oh, so he good. is 22, almost 23. Mm-hmm. He's married now. Oh. Um, he's just finishing up his engineering degree. Um, really, really good. And, but it hasn't been an easy road right, for him, right. right? Depression, you know, is <clears throat> depression's kind of this really, really sneaky thing. And um, so he'll always, always suffer and have to kind of work through medications and things like that. <laughs> but boy, he's in a really good spot right now. And um, I'm really proud to see, see what he's done. But yeah, he's doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, that that's so good. And, and I love the fact that um, you touched on something there, right? Because I think that when we hear depression and he was at a point in which suicidal thoughts are really that, that, you know, hardest part of navigating through depression. And now you're talking about he's doing well, but you made one point that I want everybody to listen. This is something that he will continue to work through his life, right? And it's not like you don't turn off the switch and depression goes away. You don't wake up in the morning and you feel great because it is, it's an illness. It's a long time. Especially it's mental health awareness month this month. Yes, it sure is. Talk about Um, And I, you know, in my book, uh, No Apology Needed, I tell our personal story. Mm. Um, So my, my son has been fantastic about me launching my business and telling our story because I've said to him, you know, like your part of my story is such a big part of why I've made choices. Um, And he's such an advocate uh, for Mm -hmm. other, other people and for mental health awareness. So um, yeah, he's one of those people that would shout from the top of the rooftop. Let's keep talking about it. Um, And, and he has said over and over again, just keep talking about it because people struggle in when you suffer in silence is when things get really scary. Uh No. And and I think that that is the hardest thing for anyone, right? That we are suffering and I've I've suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that sometimes you feel like you're the only one. And then you feel like even if I talk about it, they're not yeah. going to understand. And when you do get people who don't understand, um, it makes it a lot harder to go through it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you're sharing your story. You're sharing mm-hmm. the vulnerability of as a mom, because I think yeah. that um, I remember um, someone who I'm close to when their child, you know, had to be tested to be on the spectrum or not. Immediately as a mom, she went into the it's something I did. And I think that as moms, you really question, and there's nothing sometimes that we do as individuals that affect uh, children or the people that we love, but those are just the circumstances and it's neither good or bad. You just have to be able to provide the support, right? Mm -hmm. Just like if your child needed glasses, you'd get them glasses, right? The same thing with depression, the same thing with someone being in the spectrum. And I think that this is important. Hey, my friend, have you imagined yourself remaining calm, clear-headed, stress-free, and optimistic, even in the midst of handling the work and life's challenges that would come our way all the time? Well, I've got news for you. I am hosting a huge masterclass on August 22nd, and it is again on how to boost your mental fitness for your career 
or your business or your personal life. We all have these challenges that come our way and it's very important to understand how we can use the tools to create that mental fitness that allows us to have the positive change that we want for our life. So don't lose out on this. Sign up. It's free. The link is in the show notes or go to my website. Talk to you soon. And don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. You know, burning out is something that a lot of women in a high um, high level position in leadership uh, tend to deal with. But I, I want to also unpack you left corporate America, this high power position, this great position, and now you coach other women. Not every woman is looking to leave their job and start a, co- a coaching, but how do you work and how do you support women? And what do you say to the woman who is sitting um, in her office right now who just realized, I did not eat, I have to yeah. go to the bathroom? And uh-huh. I don't even know what's going to be for dinner. And I have so much to do that I don't even know if I'm going to bed tonight. And they're on that burnout path. What do you say to them? Uh-huh. Uh, you have to get support. You have to get support, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but it, you have to be able to, one, not isolate yourself. Mm. <laughs> there's, some co- there's some correlations here to my, my son's struggles, but not to isolate yourself, to mm. understand that you are not alone. And I know that particularly as a woman leader, I was often the only woman at the table. Yeah. And it's normal that you would feel like alone. And, and sometimes I had somebody else I recently spoke to and we talked about did you feel like you were kind of going crazy sometimes? All the time. <laughs> you're like, yes. <laughs> you're, something would happen and you're like, uh, can you see that? Who's seeing that? And nobody, you know, and sometimes it feels like you're the only one in the room that's seeing things. Well, certainly you probably are because you're going to be looking at them from a very different perspective Agreed. than a lot than other people when you are different. That's the value of diversity, right? So um, if you are that woman that is sitting here going, I didn't eat today, um, that's not okay. That's not something that's just, you know, this is the way it is. I think that we all kind of try to say, that's just the way it is. And if I want to stay on this pace, or if I want to have this job, or I want to have this kind of trajectory, that I have to make these sacrifices, that's not true. Is not true. And that's the story you're telling yourself. Oh, so good. <laughs> I love that you say that, because I say that all, t- I say that all the time. Yeah, that's a story. And you need to peel that back. What's that really about? Um, you know, the best parts of my own personal journey. Um, and I stayed, I, I was on my journey and I was in healthcare for another four or five years before I actually started my business. Um, so I feel like I'm always on my journey, right? I'm still journeying. Oh, for sure. You we always be. All are. But I, yeah. But when I hit that early 40 mark and and started to really assess and and grow myself personally. What I found is I held a lot stronger boundaries um, and I, I pushed through what I would call kind of push through your first layer of resistance. Um, because what happens is when you behave differently than you've done in the past, so let's say you always say yes, and now you're going to say no, people are going to respond to that and not all of it's going to be positive, right? Sometimes people are going to be, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I know. And, yeah. And are that kind of sometimes, I mean, one of my deficits is I tend to be a people pleaser. So that's something I have to work on all the time. Um, or we tend to feel guilty or we tend to nurture, you know, and so we're trying to take care of everybody else. Um, so saying no seems a lot harder than it probably should be. 
And so I know what it's like to say no, but you have to learn where you can say no strategically and not lose credibility. You have to push through <laughs> that first, sometimes first and second layer of resistance. Cause I promise you on the other side of that is respect and credibility. I, I, and I agree with that a hundred percent. Then I have to tell you that even a step further, you do have to dig for that, you know, and, and be in integrity and say, you know what, this, this doesn't. Um, it's, it's not where I'm going to say yes. And this is why, because this is the boundary I've set up for myself, or this is the margin I have. But I think that the other side too, is that you'll do the work in getting to say the no, but then you will revert to saying yes, because you've been conditioned to do that. And I want you to just know that it's okay that you're not perfect at it. And it's a work in progress. And it's something that we all can, and the more that you get better at it and telling yourself, it's okay. I, I, you know, can't say yes to this because, um, the more that you'll, you'll practice it and and you'll Uh become better at it. We're all beginners at doing the thing from time to time. And I think Uh that for a high achieving women being, being a beginner is a challenge. We, we, I think that's fair. We yeah. don't like to be beginners. We like to already be mastered because we have to prove ourselves to mm-hmm. ourselves and to others, right? Right. And there's that whole layer of, you know, we don't want to say we're not confident about something. We don't <laughs> yeah, want to say sure. we, we can't do something. Mm-hmm. We don't want saying no to be somehow a reflection on our capabilities. Right. And so what, what I talk about with a lot of my clients is really, um, you use the word unpacking that I like that, you know, unpacking, yeah. but really understanding why are you saying yes all the time in the first place? Mm-hmm. And 100%. where are you, where are you having a hard time saying, you know, what's that really about? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I say, once you see something, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And so a lot of my work is helping you uncover the patterns that are getting in your way. Once mm-hmm. you see them, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't seen this my whole life. I can't believe nobody else told me this. Of course yeah. they did it because that's not their job. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's exactly it. Unpacking it in, in, it, there's something you said and I didn't write it down, <laughs> but I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm going to turn okay. it back to you. All right. Um, what was I saying then about unpacking it and. Oh, confidence. I do want to talk about a little bit about what we're embarrassed about. Oh, so good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about that. So what we're, what we can be embarrassed about. I, I particularly see this with senior level and executive women, right? Your armor is on firm mm. <laughs> and that armor has protected you for a long time and maybe really served you to get to the point that you're getting, that you're at in your career. Um, but then there's like this switch, this pivot you have to make to really continue to either continue to grow your career or really continue to have the kind of impact that you want to have. And the higher you move up into organizations or the more responsibility you have for your own business, um, it's like that pressure gets different. It gets harder. It gets that armor becomes a pressure cooker (laughs) and being able to peel back the layers a little bit. Um, is is the key to really being able to sustain success for yourself as a leader. And I would say in all parts of your life. So that means you're going to have to be able to admit when we're wrong. We have to be able to admit when we're not confident. Um, and, and I don't mean wrong where we made a mistake that's tactical. I mean, acknowledging where we need to grow and develop. And I think that that armor has been there 
to prove yourself for so long mm -hmm. that it's that condition. It is condition. And some of it is stuff we've done to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that confidence and, and I want to talk about that level of admitting when you're wrong you know, many women, and this is the reason why the podcast started and, and why I wanted to do what I'm doing. Um, people would always say, oh, I wish I was as confident as you were climbing the corporate ladder. And it's not that we have it all together. And the way that I grew finally, and the way that I became more successful is by finally being able to admit to others and to myself that, I need help or I messed up or I don't know. And we, we feel like we have to tell, yeah, I got it all together or I know how to do that. And yeah. because if we don't, people are, are going to second guess whether or not we're in the right job or doing the right thing. And there's more, um, one, it helps us, people can support us because think about it. If, if we have staff that says, you know what, you're asking me to do this and I don't know if I know how, wouldn't we, we wouldn't fire them. No, we no. would just help them. Yep. And you know, you want them to say that you yeah. don't want them to go, I don't know how to do that, but she looks like she knows her stuff. So I'm not going to tell her. I'm not going to tell her. No. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly how it rolls. And I think that uh -huh. that's no matter where you are, right. Whether you're dealing with your family and, and, and I have definitely learned in my marriage, for instance, being able to say to my husband, I, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know how to help you. I don't know. Right. Fill in the blank. Um, yep. And admitting that, I need help. And, and I think that that's why there are partners, our spouses, wow. our, there's people who are here to support you. And when we don't take advantage of that, then it creates um, that inability that creates more for us to, to uh -huh. deal with and, and to then we feel more like we don't belong. Right. Right. Yeah. Which um, just perpetuates the problem, right? Absolutely. That pressure that we put on ourselves. And, yeah. I think the only happened. thing I would... Yeah, it totally happens. I think the only thing I would would say, I mean, that this is my experience, I would say, you know, beware is that, you know, we do tend to lean on our, our friends, right? Mm -hmm. Lean on our girlfriends, and maybe they have particular, like, you know, similar experiences, maybe not, right? right? But no matter what, be aware of the, you know, commiserating together kind of thing that can happen. And, you know, that's not the kind of support I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. I'm talking about the support that's really um, helping you see some of those patterns and that's helping you look at things a little differently. Um, that's helping to challenge you in, in new and, and good and exciting ways. And I honestly think that, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that the coaching industry is really booming. Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled to see that we're talking about these things more about yeah. professional <laughs> development. Cause I have to tell you 10 years ago, I didn't know that anything like that, well, there wasn't as much of this available to me right. 10 years ago. Um, and if there was, I didn't know where it was or how to find mm -hmm. it anyway. Yeah, right? I, I agreed. Agreed. Classes, and, go to a class. And then that was all technical stuff. And that wasn't helpful. Yeah, and then you go home and you're like, okay, I'm back to my old patterns. Right. And I haven't learned anything about myself. No, right. You, I've you, learned a, a checklist. <laughs> right. And I, and I remember... Um, it must have been 2000 and I'm trying to think maybe four or five. I went to a training and I first heard the, the expression and, and again, um, middle manager level and the, the 
training was on eating your frog first thing in the morning. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to eat my frog first thing in the morning. And it was always something like, you know, and, and, and the concept was there. But the reality is that now I explore and I help my clients explore you know, it's not like you, sure, get the, the hardest thing done first thing in the morning. And for people who don't know this, there's actually a book and whatnot. But yeah. but it really, if you're not doing the hardest thing for you, why is it that you're not doing it? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where a coach and someone that you can support you will help you see that. Um, actually, it's funny. I got a text message today and I have to read it to you because <laughs> I think this may be exactly what we're talking about. So this text message is from um, the pause, breathe and reflect group on clubhouse, which is where, you know, people, I, people know me, know I hang out there a lot yeah. and uh, we do meditations there. But uh, Michael, the the leader of the group, he, he was, um, he is doing a bike ride across America, I think. But the reason that he does this and he's gotten into meditation is because um he was an executive. He had this whole together life and then he got hit by a car and he almost died. And now, you know, he's healed and he's doing tremendously. But he sent this message today because he sends these motivational messages and it says a leader will tell you where we are riding our bikes. A manager will assess how you're riding your bike. A mentor will tell you what kind of bike to ride. A therapist <laughs> will want to know why you chose the bike that you did. A consultant will point to you the most expensive bike and leave. (laughs) A coach will ask you about what you wish to experience and help you get there. And I think that that is the essence of a lot of what you do now. Because you realize that, sure, you can tell people what bike to get. You can tell people, you know, let's ride, we're going to ride our bikes or whatever it is. But the essence of what the person wants for their life, and especially if they're in that burnout mode or they want to continue to grow in their career, but they're not showing up at home. Well, what is it that they're wanting? You help them discover and navigate and and get there in and, and the same way that I do. So I, I love that uh, the coaching industry. There's no shortage of people that need support. No, I mean, that's... and that's it. The coaching industry is here to stay because um, yeah. there's a time and place for therapy. There's a time and place yeah. for someone to guide you as a mentor, but there's a time and place for you to really avail yourself of the services uh-huh. and the support that you need. Um in working with women, and, and, and do you work with men also or just women? I just work with women. I love that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Not that men don't need coaches because they do. I but. know. I, I did work with women or with, well, in my corporate career, <laughs> I worked with anybody that I had to work with. But yeah. in my business, I started working with men and women before I got really clear, like mm-hmm. I am so passionate about supporting yeah. women's journeys and really mm-hmm. closing that gender gap in the C-suite. Yeah. That's what my podcast is all about. I, love um, that. I really... I, and and knowing my journey and now the more and more I coach, what mm-hmm. I'm seeing is I really believe that the reason, one of the key reasons that mm-hmm. we are struggling to really continue to see women in senior leadership roles is because of this. It's because they're yep. bowing out and stepping back and choosing different paths mm-hmm. um, because they don't have the support. Yeah. And that's, Great. that's, we should just solve that. Yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said to them. Static problems. Right. And, Right. We should yes. just support our leaders. And, 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 and no one has ever, we, one, we haven't seen the amount of leaders that we should, because as you know, uh-huh. the harder, the higher you get, 
in this climb, it's just you, maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that person maybe is going out already because they were there for a while, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's number one. But number two, really, you know, navigating and seeing that it's possible that you need support. We can't do it alone. And it really does take that that kind of accountability and that kind of someone just reflecting to you what you're you're going through as well. Um, Your podcast. um, Tell me a little bit more about that. So Girlfriend's Guide to the C-Suite, and Jilly's been on that podcast. I love it. Over there too. Um, And our, you know, really, I started that this spring, um, but my vision for the podcast is really about supporting women on their climb to the Mm C-suite. So that we're interviewing women who are in the C-suite or women who have been in the C-suite or women who are close to the C-suite and are on that climb and asking some really simple questions, but having a a simple conversation about Mm -hmm. really what, what's that key piece of advice? It is that let's get this, you know, CTO or CEO that you would never have the opportunity to talk to before Mm -hmm. and imagine them in an elevator with you. And what are we going to ask them? So of course I ask those questions. And what I found is, is so far, it's really fascinating. It's, it's the same theme from everybody we are all, I'm hearing from all of them that we all need to find our authenticity. We Mm. need to find that leadership identity is what I call it, but finding out who you are and being comfortable in your own shoes. And that, that makes all the stuff that we need to do, like creating boundaries and having balance and um, being able to really set clear visions for our vision for our team and execute on those and managing teams and all the (laughs) things we need to do that it gets so much easier when you're just, in your own shoes, very comfortable, you know why you're here. Those are all, those are all why questions, right? Those are Mm -hmm. all, who am I? That's all personal. That's, that's why I say it's personal. It's all personal. So um, the the podcast has been an absolute blast. I have people (laughs) lining up to be on it. So So I've got a huge lineup coming this summer. Um, People that I'm even shocked. I'm like, oh my God, they said yes. I get so excited. Um, but I'll be able to share that with all of our listeners. Yeah. That's so amazing. And, you know, I, I love being on your show. I think that, and like you said, we, we have to be able to talk about it. We have to be able to share our experiences and really normalize it. We normalize. Don't, yeah, that's the right word. Normalize yeah. and neutralize. And this is something uh-huh. my coach has been teaching lately, normalize, neutralize. And, and it does make sense because when we don't normalize it, Hey, we all feel like this or that this happens to everyone. Hey, we're human. We're going to screw up. Or we, we are going to feel inadequate from time to time. And that then we can then begin to give ourselves the grace that we need um, to, to go in after that role. You know, you talked about books. Um, Tell me about some of the favorite books that you have felt have really helped you in your journey. And that, you know, if, if I were your client, you would say, Hey, this would be a good book to kind of um, read. Oh my gosh. All right. It's probably not going to be the leadership guru books. You think no, it is? <laughs> I, listen, if you're, if you're going to tell me some romance my novel, I'm in. Favorite, no, my absolute favorites are um, the Jensen Chero stuff. Like all of the badass love books. Yeah. I love, I love her. her. I love that. Cause it just feels so empowering. Um, and, uh, I, I have read, um, 
Oh my gosh. Glenn, Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read her Brene Brown, love Brene Brown. Love her. Um, I watch Oprah's story. I watch all of her yep. speeches. Like, oh my gosh, anything I can get my hand on oh, there. I, I binge I, on, I, there is a Brene Brown because I know you'd appreciate this. Yeah. I, I have to find it. It's probably on my history. It's a Brene Brown Oprah series that they did. Someone stitched it together on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I, my yeah. that's my jam. Yeah, yeah send yeah. it my way. Yeah, I'll send it your way for sure. <laughs> yeah, so all good. Of, all of those those gurus, um, and you know, of course, Tony Robbins. I love watching him, but I'm a motivational person. I love that that sort of thing. Um, and one that I recently watched though that I do want to share. I actually listened to it, and I okay. would recommend listening to this on okay. audio because it is called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Oh, it's on my it's it's on my wish list on um on audible now, I am, and i haven't sort downloaded of have it a yet. crush on him okay so, i do too <laughs> i i sort of have a crush on him so of course a friend of mine was like he's got this book but it is that is a fascinating listen hmm. because it's his story it's just his story but the, it's the concept of when you really allow good things into your life and you just trust that you just keep doing good work yeah. and trust that um, trust in yourself more than anything else. And I thought that just really aligned to what I do in my coaching business about really being able to have confidence and clarity. I always say confidence and clarity equals credibility. Oh, that's a good quote. I love that. Clarity equals credibility. And, and when you, when you can really, again, feel good about yourself and trust yourself, um, plus his story is amazing and he does the audio. So, oh, yeah, well, I, I, I yeah. I, love him. I binged it like in a few hours. I was like, I'm listening to all of it. Um, that was a good new one for me. <laughs> well, I, I have a cross country flight. Uh, so maybe that's what I will oh, listen yes. to. Yes. Uh, but it, because it is book. on my wish list, And so the one I just downloaded, um, I've been down, I don't know if you would call it a rabbit hole, but um, one of the things that I've really been going through and, and this is from you know, we hear about, again, mental health month, right? We hear about pandemic, we hear about everybody going through some sort of trauma throughout the lockdown and all of that. And one of the things that I started to notice in the last few months for myself, and yeah, again, I've had depression from time to time, very mild, I've been to therapy. um, But what I started to realize is that, you know, this, this is a tough winter, this is more than just that seasonal affective, like what's going on. And the more I started to explore, the more I realized that, for me, I've never wanted to consider myself a victim never wanted to consider my, and, and I, think I don't that's have another area right. where women have a lot of shame. Right. For mm-hmm. sure. And, and I think that like, I look at women who have been through these tremendous things and I'm like, yes, they're a victim of sexual abuse or this, or you name mm-hmm. it. Right. And there's trauma. But the reality is that we too can carry trauma without having yes. been through that something big and, 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 and then I started to really explore. And for myself, you know, I, I grew up in a Latin American country till I was 10 and there was a war going on as a child. That's trauma. Um, then my parents left because they needed to get out of the country and left us with our grandparents. That's trauma. A 10 year old, (laughs) our parents are away. And, and it's not like, my parents were terrible people. They were doing the best they could and that's what needed to happen. But again, that's stuff that's never been dealt with. And throughout the years, you know, 
These are the little things that kind of stack up. And for you, it's important to really be able to start to analyze, hey, why is it that I act this way? Or why is it that my reaction, because those are the reactions that protected you at one point. Those are the things that allowed you to thrive under the circumstances, but now don't serve you. So it's very important to be able to analyze that. So this is my little thing. Um, So I listened to, and if anybody follows her, um, Gabrielle Bernstein, Gabby Bernstein, that's who I started to, yeah, that's who I started to learn about um, meditation. You know, when I felt I could never do it because I'm, you know, there's something wrong with me because I don't know how to clear my mind. Well, guess what? We're human. That is supposed to be what meditation is about. You're supposed to sit there and try to quiet your mind and you won't, right? That's the beauty of it. But she wrote a book and I totally identified with this is Happy Days. And she talks about exactly this, how she's been this high achiever. She's got a very successful, motivational, she's the writer, she's a this, and she's done all these great things. But there was that inner trauma that she never really dealt with. And granted, you have to go listen to her story because then she does have big T trauma. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I went and I and I started to really pursue that. And now I'm reading the latest book I'm reading is called It Didn't Start With You. And it's a very interesting perspective where uh, scientists have been able to discover that if, and I'm saying this so terribly wrong, but they, they have been able to discover that um, when a person goes through trauma, it, it encodes in your DNA. And then those, interesting. that reaction of sorts is passed on in the DNA. So for instance, if my grandmother had trauma from whatever, um, so, and, and I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that I can think of my grandmother, my grandmother lost her mom and she didn't, she was not raised by her mom. She was raised by her dad, but she was very young when her mom died. So in, in, at many periods of her life, people left. So now I think in my life, abandonment sure i had the experience yeah. with my parents but i also yeah. like i i, I don't want also I, in there yeah, deep. it's, a, it's yeah. in there right and it's encoded huh? so it's a very interesting journey and i think that this is something that we yeah, this is why i work with a coach this is why as a coach i am working on this because i can be a better coach to others who may Absolutely. be in a place but um yeah i highly Absolutely. recommend those books and i'm gonna download yeah. matthew my boyfriend too so oh yeah download him you know let's talk just a little bit about you know who who needs a coach and when we need a coach i have to tell you i've had some thoughts lately um and conversations with people i mean as a business owner mm-hmm. i will never not have a coach like yeah. that but you know that's just as a business owner that is it's almost irresponsible of me not to have a coach if i wasn't if i didn't of course, I have a coach, I have an awesome coach, because you can't see the things that are closest to you. You 100%. can't. And um, in, in the corporate space now, I was in healthcare, so it's nonprofit healthcare, but it's still, it's very corporatized. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I discovered that I would say is a lot of people, now men and women alike, a lot of people think that coaching is reserved for like these, you know, the C-suite mm-hmm. and the only the executives and, it's, and a lot of companies that's where they spend their money. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That doesn't mean you don't need a coach. Right. <laughs> it might just mean your company's not going to pay for it along the way. Right. You have to decide what you want for your life. Mm-hmm. You have to decide where it makes sense. Now I went out and got a coach, I paid for my own coach and helped me mm-hmm. really grow. And that's what led me to yep. really saying, this is, I need to be doing this. This yeah. is what I need to be doing. And when the pandemic hit, 
um, and really understanding for me personally, it was like, this is an opportunity. As, as tragic as it was, um, as this pandemic has been, it was an opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity because I was in healthcare and I kind of, I, I left December of 2020. Okay. We mm. were in the beginning. In of, the beginning. Yeah. Well, it was the first year. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't want to be in healthcare. I knew what the next few years was going to be like. Mm. And I looked at it as an opportunity. So I jumped. Yeah. But if I didn't have a coach at that time helping me see that, mm-hmm. I probably would have stayed there. If I would have still been there right now <laughs> yeah. and wouldn't have been nearly as far on um, my journey of helping all these other women. Yeah. So um, it's you such know, a I good point. It's important for you to understand you own your professional development. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that. And in corporate, I think we talked, I always talked about that. I started in, in HR 20 okay plus years ago, right? We always said you own your own professional development. Your company is going to provide resources. They're going to maybe provide some opportunities Mm -hmm. for you, but it's up to you to decide what you want to do with your career. And and, and I think somebody else to hand it to you. That was the key for me to finally make the type of growth in my career because yes, I am a personal development junkie. I love it. I'm always learning. I'm always trying new things, whatever. But in my career, when I finally decided I'm going to stop buying all the books, but I'm going to invest in a coach. And it's Uh going to hurt a little bit to pay that much for someone to work with me. I was invested. And that coach helped me see my deficiencies, helped me see the opportunities that allowed me to then, uh, I I immediately, I went from director to executive director. No, I was executive director already. I went to VP position from that. And And I solely... you know, recognize that came from me being Uh in that place where I had someone asking me, what do you want? And let's figure out how to get it there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. When I hired, I had two coaches before I left healthcare, Mm -hmm. um, two different coaches, um, because I needed something a little different at different times, but I was promoted three more times. So getting Mm -hmm. up to that advising at that C-suite level that I was, was through coaching. Yeah. And through my own discovery too. Um, but I, yeah, I, I did. I read all the books. I, I did all that, all the self-development on my own for a couple of years and then started to dip my toe into hiring coaches. And you know what? Here's the other thing. The first coach I hired wasn't in healthcare at all. Wasn't, um, didn't have any of any of the leadership background that I had. And she was intimidated to work with me because I had all this experience. I needed, I didn't need her for leadership skills, right? right? That's not what I needed her for. What I needed her for was to help me see myself in a different light. Um, and yeah, going, I'm never going back. And I got promoted three times in a short period of time in that company where people don't get promoted very much there. (laughs) Not like, you know, you can work at 10 years in a job before you get promoted there. Um, so yeah, people were like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it makes a totally different sense. I actually worked with a young woman um, at the beginning of the year and uh, she had been kind of going along her career and she said she recognized, I want to get somewhere new. I want to get to the next level. And we worked together and she did. And I uh-huh. truly, you know, I'm yes, I'm a good coach. I will own that uh-huh. um, yeah. because I've seen the results that people are getting. Um, but I, I, she told me that she wouldn't have gotten there had not been for her being able to continue to have the support and someone who can mirror to her what she needed to see. 
Um, I actually, um, you know, I I wanted to talk a little bit about your book, you know, No Apology Needed. And uh, what was that process of writing your book like? Therapeutic. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Um, uh, yeah, I actually, um, I miss, right. I haven't, I haven't started my second book yet, but I, I plan to soon cause I miss it. Um, but no, I had always dreamed of writing a book. Um, that was kind of just one of my bucket list items mm-hmm. and it was going to be a leadership book. It was going to be a management book. Um, and it, it, over the course of the last probably 20 years, I came back to like outlines and yeah, just crazy, but I never really jumped in until I started my business and I was still working full-time. Um, so I had a full-time executive role. Um, my, my son was living here with his fiance. He was in the house with the fiance at the time. So we didn't have quite the quiet house that I wanted. It was a crazy time in my life. And I would think, why would I start writing this book? And, but it was, it was therapeutic for me. Um, and if you get the book, you'll see like the first half of the book is like my story I am really personal, raw, and that's that's the kind of person I am. I'm going to say it like it is. I'm going to tell you everything um, because I want that transparency. I want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one that's going through stuff, right? Um, so I tell my personal story with both of my kids and with my marriage and um, I talk about, I, I'm three years sober from, uh, from wine and alcohol now. Um, oh, and I wrote about that and that was, that was very vulnerable, yeah, right? It's for very, sure. um, you know, just tearing open the covers to talk about these things, but I relay those things back to you are all of these things make you mm-hmm. who you are. So when you think about who you want to be as a leader and um, a leader, a leader in your organization or a leader in your field, whatever that is for you yep. uh, in your community. When you think about who you are, you are made up of all of your experiences. Oh, and if so we good. try to pretend like our experiences didn't happen, we talked about trauma, right? This, mm-hmm. There's a lot of trauma. I tell you a lot of my trauma in the book, yeah. <laughs> um, even from growing up. Yep. what that was like. And, um, cause I was raised by my, 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 both my parents are, are recovering alcoholics mm-hmm. now, um, which, you know, means I should have known better when I picked up my first bottle of wine, but they are both recovering over 30 years now. But like the bulk of my growing up, I was raised with an, an alcoholic household. Yeah, It wasn't always okay. That wasn't always good. Right. I was the oldest child of four, so that comes through very responsible and, you know, the oldest child of four and the oldest child of two alcoholics, I am super responsible. Mm-hmm. That super responsible translated into super high stress pressure, you know, like hustle mentality that I've, that I had to then kind of unlearn, right. Yeah. I had to figure out a different way. So, um, so I tell my story and then I relate that to, leadership lessons. And so there's, there's a few chapters in there about strategy and vision and how to work with teams and all of that stuff too. Well, I am going to be getting this book because I have to say, it sounds totally like right up my alley. And I think the vulnerability and reading the stories and knowing that, um, you know, that totally, anyway, it totally resonates with me. And I, and I like that you (laughs) have that vulnerable side because, um, people that can then see that the vulnerability is what creates the strength within you. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh, Nikki, it's so fun. I could probably talk to you all day. I know. I, right? I, um, <laughs> yeah, so I actually have, um, we'll talk offline because I, as we were speaking, I made a note about this. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about it. A way maybe we can talk to each other more, but we'll see. Uh, all right. Is there, where could people find you? So my main platform is LinkedIn. So I am Nikki Espinosa on LinkedIn. And um, you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, and those are probably the two best places to find me on social. Otherwise, EspinosaCoaching.com. And you can always connect to me there. So oh, reach so out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And please, you know, reach out to Nikki. Let her know that you heard about her from the podcast and uh, get her book. Go support her. Give her some of the social currency. She's got some really great content and make sure that you check out her, her show as well. I yeah, can't check wait. out the podcast, yeah. Girlfriend's Guide to the C-Suite um, on Spotify and Apple. Yep. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for being here. And Nikki, we hope to see you, you. Uh, soon again back on the show because we invite our guests that we love back and back again. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams and have a great day, Nikki. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.